1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder. I am Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Fransel Evans. What up? People, <laughs> Disney made Ariel black and all of the internet went fucking insane this month. Welcome to another week, another installment of 2019 Insanity. Uh, have you seen the memes and all the shit that it sparked because of this whole thing? Yeah, you might not even know this. I saw it on Twitter. Okay. But I didn't
2: know. I just saw people was... Making pictures, other people black yeah. and other people white, yeah, or using a picture from the old movie uh-huh. and putting it of a black girl. I don't know. I don't know even know what the black girl is. They was using it was like, yeah. Oh, it was just it was some. I I I got what was going on, but I was like, why is? I mean, what's the? It was well, classic. if see that's the thing. See, I'm all for the Kikis,
1: and I'm I'm all for a good laugh. But sometimes you don't know who's laughing ironically and mm-hmm. who's laughing like this is so stupid, yeah. I'm making fun of it. So I'm kind of on the fence about... Because some of them, it's like, ooh, look, boys in the hood, but everybody's white. And all this kind of stuff. And it's like, yeah, it's funny. Some of the ones I've seen is funny, but I don't know if they're coming from people that's like, this whole Ariella's black thing is so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Let's see how black people will feel if they saw a movie that was a black person, yeah. and now it's white people in it. And that's not the heart of what... Where it's funny to me is if it's like, Look at all these people getting upset. Let's just do everything reversed and make it how we want to make it, and that's that's funny to me. But if you're like coming from a place of it's absurd that Ariel is black, a fish, a movie about a fish mm-hmm. and a lobster and a, a clownfish or whatever in the ocean, and it's like, well, no, it has to be a white person. That is, and so you're saying since you want to steal from us, let's steal from y'all.
2: That that whole thing is where it's it's just silly. I'm. T- to me, I just, my honest opinion, I just think it's getting kind of out of hand because I feel like when they do stuff like that, I feel like they're trying to do us as a black community a favor for some reason. I don't know why. Sure. I,
1: I fully understand what you're saying, but sometimes it's just, it's 2019 and they might be looking for the, hey, we're a progressive stamp, and that wouldn't necessarily it doesn't bother me the only re- the only way it bothers me is if it's taken out of context like this seems to be now if they made because there's some disney movies that are culturally based mm-hmm. so making them a different race wouldn't make any sense mm-hmm. Ariel is a mermaid period you know mulan if mulan was white that'd be insane yeah. it's a chinese movie mm-hmm. If uh, uh, what's the Moana? Mm -hmm. If they made Moana black, it'd be like why is Moana? She's an island. It's the culture is a part of the movie. The Little Mermaid isn't based in any culture, so going off of a cartoon is just trying to is just following tradition. And I heard this. There was this whole thing about well, she's a ginger, so ginger people. And man, look, the girl is a half fish person. Mm -hmm. It's 2019. It's kind of up in the air if they want to make the person whatever they want to make it.
2: It's I don't care. I feel like they don't have to. Though it was a good movie, okay? but it was kids. a cartoon movie.
1: Yeah, I mean like it, it's it. It's one of those kind of things where there's there's an octopus in the movie, and yeah. now the whole fight that I understand now. Black people need to be ready to take the same kind of heat too, because everybody was all the black people were saying Ursula should be a black person mm-hmm. because the character of Ursula is this kind of big, bolsterous loud, flamboyant mm-hmm. character, and Melissa McCarthy shouldn't be playing Ursula. Mm-hmm. But that's the same fight that they're having about the Ariel thing. If you feel like that's a miscasting because of some kind of... It's, it's not culturally accurate. It's like, bro, it's 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 2019, man. I don't know. The, like, the floodgates are open. People are making people what they want to be. They want to be more representative of how the country looks today. And I feel like... While I agree with you that they might be doing it as a, hey, look how progressive we are, black people. Like, come Mm -hmm. see this movie, give us your money because she's black. Yeah, this girl from this group, she's an amazing singer. The Chloe X Halle, Mm -hmm. they're sisters. They do amazing harmonies. Now it's only one of them. I thought it was funny. Everybody thought like at first because if people that skim read like me was like Halle Mm -hmm. Berry. Everybody thought Halle Berry got casted Mm -hmm. as Ariel. But this girl's an amazing
2: singer. What's her name? Like Haley Bailey? It's ha- it's like Halle. When you read it, just, yeah. If yeah. you read it, it's like
1: Halle <laughs> Barrington or something yeah. like that. Like it looks like Halle Barrington. Yeah,
2: yeah. But if
1: what if she just blew them away in an audition? You know, it, I don't think they just gave her the role. Yeah. You know, I, from what I've seen of these Disney movies, when they cast somebody other than uh, they casted Emma Watson from Harry Potter and the Beauty and the Beast movie. I didn't really, she didn't really blow me away. She's not, she's kind of a really chill actress, mm-hmm. and it's. The, the Disney princesses are supposed to be like oh oh my yeah. God, really you know dramatic mm-hmm. and she played it kind of chill but for the most part these Disney movies they cast the right people they aren't just giving jobs to people mm-hmm. willy nilly for no reason if they cast you it's because you you did a good job so I think this girl must have did a, did the best job it's right. a singing role I would imagine they don't want to have a, pe- a person lip syncing they wanted somebody to really bring their, their uh, singing chops to the role mm-hmm. and maybe she was the best person for the job And maybe affirmative action had a little bit to do with it. Now, as far as, again, I don't mean to spend a bunch of time on this, but I just thought it was hilarious that this one announcement from Disney sparked all these. I mean, the memes are still happening. And this happened earlier this week Mm -hmm. when they announced this. And I've seen, oh, they made Boys in the Hood, all white people. Or, you know, Juice. But instead of Tupac, it's Billy Crystal or whatever. And it's it's all stemmed from that. Mm You know, I just think that it's crazy the 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 shockwave that it had. It, it really got everybody's comedy juices flowing. Like, mm-hmm. let's uh, everybody let's switching around everything, and it's hilarious. Y'all want to do this? How about we do that? And it, and it's I just thought it got really out of hand. I want to say congratulations to Hallie. I don't know how to say her last name, but it's close to Barry. Yeah. And um, I don't know if I was even going to see The Little Mermaid. I feel like a lot of the people that are upset about it weren't going to go see a Disney movie about it's a fish woman. You know, like it. Uh, it, it, it's, it's just it, exactly it's just something to be upset about yeah. from a lot of people who probably weren't going to see the movie anyway. Now, which also could have been part of Disney's plan, there's so much controversy around it. It's definitely people are going to go see it now. Oh yeah, if they weren't to see how it goes, people exactly mm-hmm. to either hate on it or love it or whatever. Either way, it's a ticket bought. So once again, Disney wins at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. This is all free publicity, getting the momentum going, and right on time with the announcement of this. The uh, trailer for Mulan comes out. So they're rolling out all the cultural, uh, you know, storm of we're uh, all inclusive and we're Disney and it's all loving. And that, mm. that's that's the, that's what they're rolling with. And that's because the face of this country is changing. You know, now I know that scares a lot of people who might look a certain kind of way to say, oh, man, uh, they made Ariel. What? she's white. What the hell? But mm. that that's not the face of this country anymore. This country is a melting pot. It's diverse. And Disney is trying to reach out to those people, and I don't have any problem with that. I, I just, I just don't understand where all the. I understand it because, like I just said, my last mm-hmm. point about the country, the country changing, and people are scared. People are there are people, especially in the middle of the country, that are like, this isn't the America that I grew up knowing. It's looking different. I'm nervous, and that's why we're in the current political situation that we're in. Yeah. We don't have to dive. We don't have to dive into that and get into Please. that. But it just is what it is. Um, before we get into uh, the good vibes. Uh, I just was brought, uh to my attention today as far as whatever happened with these uh these packages uh, yeah. as far I don't I don't know I don't know where what happened to them but to uh to Isabella to Martha and to Heather I don't they're it lost I don't know I don't know what happened uh but um I don't I don't want you guys to think that we didn't send them out mm-hmm. cuz Fran did send them out I don't know what happened, but they are lost, and I don't want that to affect people thinking that we just say that we're doing the contest and then the shit doesn't doesn't come. So I just want to put that out there. Apologies. The shit is that was where the last three shirts, so it's not even like we can send them back out or something like that. They're gone. We'll try to catch you guys on something else down the line. Yeah. That you know that was a, that was just a, a shipping mistake, and it was brought. She she posted something, so I I didn't I just assumed they. Had got him. I didn't even. It was I didn't so long know until ago. you
2: said because I I haven't been on Facebook at all this week because yeah. um, I'll, I I want to touch on something before you finish. But you right, man, right. I'm just saying. No, okay. uh,
1: that's it. I, it was so okay. long. It was so long ago. That was like in May that I just assumed they yeah. got him and you know what happened. You know it, it, we moved on from it, but that came to our attention. So I wanted to address it to those three people. I, we appreciate you guys participating in the contest. I, I don't know what happened, but yeah. you know. But we'll we. Were,
2: to, I uh, I want to do. I want to throw something in there extra though, because I mean I. I did send them. I mean, yeah, I don't no, know. Yeah, for sure. I, yeah, I don't. I don't. Because I mean, we've thing. done it before where we sent stuff out and people mm-hmm. got them. So I don't. I don't want nobody to think because I do. I am in charge of that. But right. I didn't. I don't want people to think. Oh, I didn't do my job. Right. 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 But um, I did want to touch on. Uh, I did have a friend that was killed. Uh, not too long ago. His name is Julian. That was killed. Um. Yeah. From Baltimore gun violence. I mean, people don't. If people, I know a lot of people that listen to podcasts are not from here. Mm. I mean, this is a, for me to know somebody that happened to It's like. It hit home a little different. Yeah, for sure. I mean, because it's like it's people that don't know. I mean, the, the gun violence here, gang violence, whatever. I mean, it's it's, it's getting kind of ridiculous. It's, it's whether, always been this way, you're but now or not. right. But now it's like they. I mean, they say you can. You know, they're not. Uh, they're not out here killing people for no reason. I don't know. I don't. I'm not. I'm not going to touch on what happened or whatnot. Right. But it's just um when it's somebody you know. It's just it hit a little different. For sure. But I just wanted to, um put that out there and recipes yeah, so, um, for sure yeah it was it was a rough it was a rough week for me and the young lady that he was with I, yeah yeah I her too yeah I, yep. I don't i
1: don't i don't know her name yeah. Sat, I, that's my mistake i only knew julian through france so yeah. i don't i didn't know the young lady but rest in peace to them both yeah, yeah I, I i was gonna leave that up to you if you wanted yeah. to touch on it or not because i you know you know I, um i remember that did happen back you know, monday or tuesday something Sunday. like that yeah. yeah so rest in peace to the both of them um yeah, man, and the summer has barely even started, man. It really, um, again, I, I'm not concerned because I stayed my ass in the house. But I, I'm concerned for, I we both have a lot of friends that are like, man, ew, let's go here and go nah. there and all this kind of. You it's know, different. And,
2: it's, it's, it's as we got in order. It's it's way different now. Yeah. Before you can call we, me whatever yeah. you
1: want. Yeah. Uh, a coward mm-hmm. or whatever. I don't. I don't nah. care. You know. I, I'm good. Uh, Fourth of July. The last place you'll catch me is at the Inner Harbor. Uh, and you can say that's me uh, being uh, prejudiced to my own people, or whatever kind of thing people want to make up about. I, I'm from here. Yeah, I I know I've been to all the places enough to go. I don't need to go there. Right. I, it's not like I'm 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 like we. I remember I went to California the first time I went to California, and I told somebody from Baltimore, "It's like, oh wow, The Wire." That's an that's, assumption.
2: That's, I mean we brought, we brought that up many times that's yes. always that's the first thing people bring up. That's out.
1: an assumption and a presumption. I'm from here. I know where not to go. I'm not just <laughs> right. I'm not just going off of a TV show that I watched or uh, a news story that I read. Mm-hmm. I'm I I know where not to go. And yeah. if that's me being like, "Oh, you don't want to be around your own people" or nah. it's not that. I just know the place is not to go. And if that's you know some kind of you know demonization on me people want to put on not that i've caught i'm not saying this is something i've heard from people Mm -hmm. i'm just saying that might be some of the flack you've heard because again i remember i told you about that dude somebody that worked for the baltimore Sun. They almost tried to take his job because he was saying how these black kids uh you know they 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 kind of canceled all the bus lines and rerouted the times of the buses so you can't just come from the city and go to white marsh mall or any mall and oh, you'll I did get know stuck out there or the bus doesn't go that far. So the only place they have to go is the harbor. Mm-hmm. Now, there's some kids that are just looking to have a good time. But within those kids, because of the economic situation that they come from, yeah. the the lack of parenting, because the parents have to work to, to, to pay for, you know, keep the lights on or whatever. It's a lot of kids that are home alone. I was one of the kids. Luckily, I came from a home where my mom kept everything intact, even though she did have to work in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. But I was a latchkey kid from When I got home to 7 o'clock at night for large parts of my childhood, I was on my own. My mom was not around. Mm -hmm. And some of those kids are just kids looking to have a good time. But some of those kids are, you know, angry at the world, looking to get into mischief, looking to impress the people that they are around by any means necessary. And those kids are all funneling into the Inner Harbor. So this guy saying that these kids, I think he said they were mobbing the Inner Harbor or whatever. He's not lying. No, But because he's a white man, it's like oh, you're just going to make these assumptions about these kids? They're just trying to go out and have a good time for the summer. I've seen people get jumped down the Inner Harbor. Yeah. By the, by, young kids, you know, so he's not making up a story. You with
2: somebody that wanted to do that? We were like, nah, bro. This ain't- <laughs>
1: I've been, the, I'm, I'm the kid. Yeah, I'm yeah. the kid who's the kid who, I'm not just, I'm not just, I'm, I'm I've been in the group as the kid who yeah. also parents might have had a little short of a leech yeah. with other kids who were like, yo, let's pick up a rock and throw it at somebody. And it's like, whoa. Yeah. It, and I have to be the person that I'm the one that's like, oh he's soft or yep. man were well, you scared? It's like I I guess so you know I've I'm I've been yeah it's like I've <laughs> I've been that kid on yeah. several occasions and so I know those kids are in those groups but the loudest voice prevails and if the loudest group says yo you see those white people over there yo, let's go push them in the harbor. Then that's what they're doing. Yep. That's just how it is. That's just that's just what's gonna happen. And that goes for. I'm not trying to keep it regional. That goes for anywhere. Yeah. And that goes for any race of people. You, the kids, kids are a mess, and they follow the loudest voice. Yeah. So in this specific situation, in this city, it's it's getting chaotic. And I know where to go And where not to go yep. And that, and if that's for because of kids Adults Whatever I don't want to be around Any kind of risk. I mean
2: It's so easy for you to get Hit by a straight bullet Mistaken for something And that's, that's That scares me more than just me Me just driving past there yeah. Cause I have to You know I just Bro it's, On it's 4th of July This past 4th of July The kid's
1: name is escaping me And I don't know what state it was in I feel bad not having all the facts But the story is making its way around This young kid Went to a gas station. A guy got out of jail like five days like before the 4th of July. The kid was playing rap music when he pulled up to the gas station, mm-hmm. went to the ATM machine to get some money out. The guy walked up behind him and slit his throat. Wow. So it's not even a situation where mm-hmm. not just you can't go to the places where you you know, oh, don't go to that club. Like it's a little out of hand. It's anywhere. Yeah. It's, it's any, you can't, you have to have your guard up everywhere and you can't just go oh that's like a 65 year old white dude so whatever he's cool or that's a little Asian guy like I don't know whatever I'm cool you have to have your guard up at all times no matter where you go Yeah. so if I have to have my guard up when I'm getting gas you think I'm gonna go to the place where somebody got shot last week Cause oh, cause it's a function and it's a good and the music is is nice. No, thank you. Get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> I'll be at home watching season three of Stranger Things, and that's just how it is. Also, season three of Stranger Things, fire. Highly recommend. One of the best shows ever, honestly.
2: Um, anyway. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't want this drag. I still I did start watching uh. Uh, what is it? Eve, what's the show? Eve, what's the show called? Killing Eve, or something. Oh, Killing Eve, yeah. I started watching it, it's good, right? Yeah, I like it. Sandra Oh man, that yeah. relationship that they have, <laughs> and that
1: uh, Villanelle, the yeah. assassin, yeah, she's thorough, man. She she <laughs> she takes care of business, yeah. I man. like it, yep. Anyway, that's enough of uh, you know, suggestions corner. What we're gonna do is we're gonna jump into these good vibes, so let's get fired up, and start this week off right.
0: Good, 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 good
1: That's right, folks. Get ready to ingest these good vibes. Friend, you want me to go first or you got something for me? I got
2: I go first. Okay. Uh my good vibe this week is about a billionaire co founder of Home Depot mm-hmm. is giving away 80% of his wealth to charity. When I when Eight. I hear the co-founder of Home Depot. It's like, it's like, damn, I forgot. I didn't even you think of
1: all these businesses, man. It's, it's crazy.
2: Sometimes it's just one guy. It's insane. It's like when the you walls. Think of, the walls are a family, bro. That's wild. The man. walls are a family. It's like, but when you think about that, that store's like, I didn't even think I didn't even picture somebody made somebody. it. Wow. Somebody. <laughs> Somebody's like, grandpappy made that's it. Wild. Some, or
1: some, It's some dude that's just in charge of the whole fortune. Right now it's some 15 year old kid named like Chad Wall. Paid, drives a G wagon to his high school. That's He's probably cool. on the lacrosse team, and will inherit billions of dollars one day. That is insane. In fucking with uh, Walmart and Sam's Club money, that is crazy.
2: So he grew up in Newark, um, New Jersey, Jersey tenement, and was his. And when his Russian Jewish immigrant parents didn't have the money to send him to medical school, mm. he worked to become a pharmacist. He worked to become a pharmacist, but later it was his business acumen that landed him the CEO job for a home improvement company in California. When he when he was fired from the job in a power struggle, he didn't give up and got back to being a pharmacist. So oh so he left the he left the home improvement business alone for him. Yeah, yep, and then went back to doing what he was started from the beginning. So he co founded a store that went on a revolutionized to revolutionize the home improvement industry with its warehouse warehouse concept. Now, the co-founder of Home Depot says he intends to give most of his remaining fortune to charity after already having donated nearly two billion dollars to a philanthropic organization across the world. Is he dying? I was just about to say that because um, it's like I, I feel like at that point you like I'm not you know it's countdown. down, yeah. Up, so Maybe I got no I got to do something. To- if he don't have some kids, that is. Cr- I would, that's but crazy. but see, here's the <laughs>
1: thing. Here's the thing about old white dudes they do some maniacal shit, right? And I'm not taking away from what mm-hmm. he does, but my grandfather worked for a heating and air conditioning company and his 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 uh, his boss had a son or like a son-in-law, one of the other ones. And the guy was retiring mm-hmm. and he was giving the business to his son. He sold all the shit. And was like, I mean, I've made this business so you can start from scratch like me. I'll give you the business, but he sold all the trucks and... Oh, but he was supposed to, that was the plan or he just, I don't, that's what, I don't know what the plan uh, was, but to, to have a business and then liquidate the whole thing and go here, man, you can have the name, but you got to earn, you got to earn your way. Like I did. So he might have kids and he's like, I'm leaving you guys $10 million and that's all you need to have. Or I I could be wrong. I'm just saying it could be something crazy like that (laughs) where he's like, I'm not trying to just give you guys, you guys got to earn it. Like I earned it. I Could get be it. Wrong, but that happens. I get it, but I couldn't. I couldn't do that. No, I couldn't. just give away. I mean, if he's not giving, he's giving it away to a good cause. But if it's if he has kids and he and he did do that, that's fucked. That's up. wild. I'm just speaking from my secondhand
2: experience of my grandfather telling me that story. But that that I feel like that plays a bad part in your kids' lives because they grow up, you giving them all this shit. Yeah, and, and they, they don't think, know how to fend for themselves. They think I'm be good. Nope. Yeah, I'm gonna sell all this you It's can, all gone. I'm gonna give you a little chump, and then yeah. you. Do and you yet. live
1: such a lifestyle as one of those kids that ten million dollars you'll blow through that real fast. Oh, easy.
2: Uh, so when the Atlanta billionaire dies, so when he dies, um, eighty to ninety percent of the remaining of his wealth will be transferred to his foundation. <sighs> mm. I don't think I can. 90%. I can cope with that. I don't think I can. If I'm that old, that age, uh huh, I don't think I can be like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna live that much longer. So well, you can't take it with you, man. Yeah, no, but why not? Build me a bigger casket. Put all the, okay. Put all the, okay. <laughs> all the no, money Okay, okay. I'm listening to you. Okay. They're going to dig me back up anyway. But you're going to grave gonna, rob. Yeah, they not.
1: Oh, yeah. no, your theory. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so this even applies to the rich rich. Yeah. They all get dug up. No, the rich
2: rich don't get buried in the ground. They, they get, get in the crypts.
1: Bull. Yep. <laughs> okay. Touche.
2: <two> <laughs> Touche. I see you. Keep
1: your third yep. eye open. Okay.
2: So his current estimated net worth is guess. 3 billion, 4.5 billion. And Bernie and his wife Billy Marcus are signatories of the Giving Pledge along with 200 others. Mm. Like like Michael Bloomberg, oh. Richard Branson and Elon Musk. Oh, you are talking about money, yeah. <laughs> Is this the is this his charity
1: or his or his what are they he's giving the money all the money goes to a charity, right? Yeah, or charity, his charity? Yeah. Uh-huh. And these are the other people that are involved in the they're going to donate money too?
0: Yeah.
1: Who is Richard Branson? Richard Branson Richard Branson owns Virgin. Like whenever you oh, see Virgin,
2: like Virgin Airlines, Virgin Mobile, oh,
1: Virgin shit. Airlines, he had a he had a business that was taking people to space for a little bit. He owns an island. Richard yeah, Branson that, yeah, is island, rich yep. as fuck. I think it was a record label too. He, anything you see with the Virgin <laughs> with the line goes yeah. under uh, the
2: red, yep. That's
1: Richard Branson. That's wow. And yep. then Elon Musk you already Everybody know how he, he gives Elon
2: it up. Yep. Uh, so a
1: coalition... Oh, and Michael Bloomberg, Michael Bloomberg, that? I think he owns one of the news networks. He owns like CNN or Fox News. One of them. I think it's CNN. I think he owns CNN.
0: Hmm.
2: Paid. Uh, yep, so Elon Musk, a, a coalition of Bill Gates and Warren <laughs> Buffett designed to recruit wealthy families to pledge at least half their fortunes to charity. See, this is starting to... You know, look, I'm not trying to... <laughs> this is good
1: vibes, but these names... This is starting to sound like some Illuminati shit. Crazy. Where's this money going, you know? Just Oh,
2: my. All in the the charity, combined? What charity
1: oh is God. this? Undisclosed charity where Bill Gates and Warren Buffett and this the Home Depot dynasty? This is some real money. <laughs> I don't know what charity this is, but now these names you are naming. I'm starting to get concerned. Because yeah. Elon Musk is on the... He's pretty sure that the robots are coming.
2: Like he's building it or he's... No, just... he's
1: saying that like the Terminator theory of... The artificial intelligence will mm-hmm. become self-aware. He's on that train. Mm. Like, we're going to build the thing that kills us. Wow. He's on some... Elon Musk No, Elon Musk be knowing. Elon Musk <laughs> be, be knowing, <laughs> bro.
2: He be on some... I saw a video. He be on some other shit.
1: Yo, he's on a different... Yeah. He's on a different wavelength. Yep.
2: Uh, so, the Marcus Foundation, which has no website of its own, mm. focuses on veteran care, medical research, hospitals, and Jewish causes. Bernie, (laughs) this is
1: this is this is right for a right wing conspiracy, not me. I'm just Uh but some people that are like anti Jewish and Mm -hmm. think the Jews are running the media and all this kind of stuff. A a a a a group of all these people with no website and just a bunch of vague causes that they think one of them being Jewish causes. Is that what it says? Yeah, I I think
2: I think the the guy's about he's Jewish. I think.
1: Yeah, sure. Yeah. So yeah, you look up for Jewish causes and <laughs> medical research and no. just a bunch of vague things and no website? Nope. Hey man, look. I'm just saying this sounds a very, this is some real, uh, um, uh, this is some Illuminati sounding shit, man. Some, some conspiracy shit. Yeah, that's
2: not, I'm not on that bolt. So I'm not even going to. A- we don't need, yeah, we don't <laughs> need to go down there, man. We,
1: hey, we don't know shit. Yeah. I don't know anything. I'm stupid <laughs> as hell. So this mic is live. I'm just saying shit. I
2: don't even yeah. know what I'm saying.
1: Don't... <laughs> <laughs> hey, I just... I don't even know. Go ahead with your story, man. What? All right. What did So,
2: I say? Bernie, <laughs> right so Bernie has given instructions to the board to invest in medical discoveries and treatment for kids with autism. Okay. And creating 20 to 25 centers around the nation to help veterans suffering from brain injuries Beautiful. and post-traumatic stress. Beautiful. Though he is 90 years old today, he recently told the Atlanta Journal-Constitution that he feels young and hopes to give away most of his money while he's alive to enjoy it. Mm. What is he buying? You know, cars? I don't uh, buying, what do you mean? It's when he says enjoying, you know, the money that he has. Well, he's saying enjoying the feeling of being a
1: servant to others
2: oh, okay. and seeing his money oh, go to I, these he wants to see these 25 centers get built and all this kind of stuff. Okay, I thought he meant like outside of him doing no, that. No, when you got
1: that be- kind of money, you you don't eat cars, you he has like a Bentley <laughs> that like a 1930 Bentley that he's chauffeured in. Mm -hmm. So that is not, you know, spending his money, that's long gone. He doesn't care about any of that. He's saying being a servant to other people, which I said on either last episode or another episode, I heard a woman, a a podcast I listened to, her grandmother who also is 90 years old said, that's like the greatest joy you can have is being a servant to other people. So I understand it in a way, but 90% of your... Your fortune That's crazy They,
2: they, they, they can't have kids They, no. they can't have kids So everything I live for now Is finding the right things To put my money into And that can give me A rate of return And emotion And doing good Beautiful. Good things for this world Beautiful In April uh, In April Marcus donated 25 million To Marcus Autism Center mm. To spearhead research On the causes Of cure for autism As well as Feeding problems Known to affect Pediatric patients With, with the disorder mm. In 2017, Marcus also found, funded, and founded the Marcus Institution of Brain Health. I mean, he made sure he's leaving his name. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, the Marcus Institution of Brain Health with a 38 million dollar grant, a Colorado f- facility devoted to innov- innovative and intensive tr- treatment of U.S. military veterans who suffer from PTSD, mm. which is post traumatic stress. Yes. That's beautiful. Yeah, man. I mean, it's just he's just. That's a shitload of money but for that's, like that's 25 the, here, yeah. 25, $25 million here, 25 million. That's wild.
1: That's the key, though. Make sure my name is on the building. Because that's, that's how you leave your legacy behind. That's, jeez. Yeah. That's a shitload of money, Billions with man. a B. Mm. Off the, from off Home Depot. We just about to order a dishwasher from there right now contributing to the fortune. So in a way, in a roundabout kind of six degrees of, of Kevin Bacon, it's like, I'm also contributing to all these different causes and stuff, because when I go and spend money at Home Depot, the money goes into go to him. doing to that, and so to him it get, that gives me a yeah. feeling of happiness, because I'm involved in that roundaboutly, yep. so pass on back to me too, yeah, for sure. It's, nah, man, it's not about you, it's about him. Uh, yeah, but uh, us, <laughs> the universal, us. Uh, my good vibes is also along the sense of um, you know these major corporations- and, um, what not giving back in a sense. Um, I thought this was a really beautiful thing. Also, I you know, my second home, Las Vegas wasn't, has been involved in a beautiful program started a couple years back and it, it's kind of, uh, they do it randomly, but what what Las Vegas started doing is you can pay for traffic infractions with school supplies. Okay. So, uh, The city of Las Vegas has launched an innovative new initiative that is putting their parking tickets to good use. The city council unanimously approved a month long program that will allow motorists to pay off their parking tickets and driving infractions by donating school supplies and educational materials. And as a person who has several teacher friends, I got to tell you, I know for a fact how much money comes out of their pocket for that job. It is a thankless job. Not thankless because, I mean, you're dealing with kids, but as far as communally. Mm-hmm. People don't appreciate what a teacher really, their job is, and what their job requires. Because really what you're doing is, you know, a teacher isn't supposed to just be a babysitter. Like, everybody yeah. just kind of thinks school is this, it's just something you have to do, and your kid goes there, and you drop them off, and you leave them. But a teacher's job is to prepare the next generation to take the reins of the country, yeah. you know, when, when the o- older generation, you know, phases out a little bit. So... Why would we pay these teachers little money, not even enough money to be able to afford the supplies that they need to do the job? So the school, you know, glue sticks, uh if you want to make any kind of uh, I had a, my my friend, my friend Kimmy, I'm not going to say her full name. My friend Kimmy, I one night helped her make 50 those, you know, those composition notebooks that have the like black and white camo, yeah. the notebooks. She made like uh uh like uh like cliff notes, almost mm-hmm. like you you know like a like a shortcut like, yeah you know you you can look into this book and it'll show you how to do the math or you go to this page and it'll show you how to do this. It was like a little shortcut book mm-hmm. she had to go buy fifty composition notebooks and glue sticks and this that and the pencils and all this kind of stuff to do that and she did it on it was seven o'clock at night we did it over a bottle of wine wow that's 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 she wasn't getting paid overtime to do that no that was on her own time. And this is the story of every teacher in this country they have done something to that extent. Taking time out of their weekend. Or done something where you're at work until 8 o'clock at night because you have to come up with a new curriculum and you need these materials to do it and you gotta go run the staples and get the materials out of your own pocket. That's crazy that the people that are in charge of the next generation aren't making enough money to really support themselves and have to
2: come out of pocket for stuff. Yeah. That's insane. So I'm, st- I'm still shocked that uh, teachers... You gotta get summer jobs. Yeah, man. When I found out, I was like, "Wait, what?" Yeah, that's
1: insane. That's insane. That's there nice. should be some kind of fun that they should be able to draw from and just get the summer off. Yeah, dealing with all your badass kids all year long and getting cussed out. And these videos I'm seeing, shut up, bitch! And all yeah, I mean, it, it, it's wild, man. Yeah. And then they gotta go get a job at uh, fucking uh, Hooters. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> if I saw one of my teachers at Hooters, that'd be wild. Back in yeah. the day, but. I, I, that was a bad example. But no, I'm sure, I'm sure there's some teachers that gotta get a job at Hooters in the summer. You know? Shit. Gotta get it how you live. Um, As long as the drivers have not been fined for a public safety-related in incident, which I would assume, you know, hitting somebody with your car, or, mm-hmm. you know, it's vehicular manslaughter or or um, what's that one where you drive too fast, uh, like reckless driving, anything oh. like that, I don't think you can... You can't... You gotta pay that fine and take the points. But if it's, you know, a speeding violation... You know, illegal parking, running a red light, you take, you can pay off your fine with uh, school supplies equal to or greater than the value of what your fine was. Okay. Um. So, yeah, so they, they accept, you know, things such as pencils, erasers, pens, dry erase boards, paper towels, copy paper, rulers, scissors, and pencil sharpeners. This is all stuff that there's no money in the budget for in some districts in some cities for this kind of stuff. And this is stuff the teachers got to come out of pocket for uh since the program launched on june 19th it is set to run until july 19th although do- so anybody living in vegas and listening to this you can if you got if you got a traffic violation you can go take some school supplies to this to to, to your local you know city council or whatever and they'll accept that in lieu of, of payment for your file for your violation um the infraction must be within or the um the, all donations must be made within 30 days of the infraction and all the supplies must be new, unwrapped school supplies of equal or greater va- greater value there uh, to their fine to the parking services. So you gotta bring every,
2: bring, bring every receipt.
1: Yeah, for sure. It's definitely everything is bureaucratic, yeah. so it's like we need to. We, you gotta prove this. Yeah, where's the receipt? Bring it with you. Um, all of the supplies will be donated to Teachers Exchange, a nonprofit that is associated with the Public Education Foundation. This is not the first time that the city has replaced parking fees with charitable donations. In July 2016, the city council adopted an ordinance authorizing the establishment of this occasional program allowing for charitable donations in lieu of payment for parking fines. So um, so that being said, city council members hope that the initiative will inspire other municipalities to pass similar initiatives to benefit their community. So they're hoping that, you know, I don't know what other kind of um, situations like I got a water bill, you know, I get like a water bill every Quarter for mm-hmm. like thirty dollars. Mm-hmm. If they wanted me to just send them some school supplies, I'd be I'd have no problem doing that. You know, I don't. I'm sure they want their bread because this oh, city's sure. this city's
2: corrupt and that yeah. thirty dollars is going. To I was my about pocket, to say, but bottom but. they're not doing that. Yeah,
1: they're like, no, we want the they, money. Yeah, we're cool. I told you, man. I saw you know I, if people don't know, I, I recently got a new car and it's an Audi, so they have like the technology in it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the only cities in the country that. You can't. It doesn't have access to the lights and the can't traffic use lights. Your own features. All. I can't even use the features. And I'm. I fully believe it's because they want you to run the red lights. Yep. They want you to speed in the. You know where they got the little automatic, uh, traffic camera lights, which I think is cheating. Let a police officer catch me, man. Don't put some robot up that just takes a picture of me doing 45 and a 30. That's yep. not fair. Catch <laughs> me. Catch me honestly. <laughs> and then it's just like you don't even go to court or nothing. It used to be. You you know you get a you get a ticket you can fight it they just send you a a, a bill yeah picture <laughs> like, and shit you owe us forty dollars you know pay the mm-hmm. forty immediately and not even no you know re- refuting it or nothing you can't fight it nope you owe us for just send us the forty they not even it's not even a thing where they're trying to correct your behavior you can go s- speed right there again yeah you go owe us forty dollars sure. again yep. it's like a business transaction there's no corrective punishment in that I'd be pissed. I'm like, man, I bought this car. I want to use the features. Yeah, man, like, uh, No, I mean, you don't need to know all that. You can't lock into our system and know when the light's turning green and then uh, the speed limit because it'll show you the speed limit and everything. that You don't need to know that. You can go over the speed limit and then we'll, you see the little flashing light and we'll send you <laughs> a ticket and you pay the 40. Boom. So, you know, that's just... I don't know if that this will apply to Baltimore, but I hope that this gets, you know, applied to, you know, cities and, and, and states all over the country. Unfortunately, because... There's not a lot of money being allocated to help pay for the supplies for these teachers. So, you know, shout out to Las Vegas, a city of absolute sin and debauchery, but progressive in this uh, this particular incident. And I appreciate it and I respect it. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. All I really have to say is. Uh, free flacco, ASAP Rocky Was arrested in Switzerland For a beating <laughs> on He threw this dude Like a Wrestlemania yeah. ad But the mm-hmm. dude Was harassing him Up and down yeah. the street yeah. And there's no I don't You know I, I don't Wish jail on anybody Especially not for something For something silly mm-hmm. And they're talking about Trying to You know He's a, he's a famous person So they're gonna, they're gonna Try to charge him You know To the fullest extent Of the law To make an example Out of him A rapper Walking around our cities And getting in fights Or whatever He's still locked up um, let that man. We're in
2: Paris somewhere.
1: Switzerland, I believe. Okay. One of those. Switzerland, somewhere in that vicinity. Mm-hmm. Um. So uh, yeah, free Flacco, free ASAP Rocky. Uh, this is Sundress. Uh, we're gonna let this ring out, and you know, hopefully, you know, he gets out, get on a plane immediately, and just don't ever come back to that place. Uh, but we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, we're gonna tell you some fucked up shit. All right, and we are back, friend. I got a little bit of a historical—not historical exactly, because it's not from that long ago—but it is a one of the biggest, one of the first major uh, overturned convictions uh, in the modern era of criminal justice. Mm-hmm. It is a crazy case of mistaken identity. I uh, Got this article from the New York Times. It was written by um, Marguerite Fox, and this is the story of Joyce Ann Brown. Okay. Okay. So it was Joyce Ann Brown's great misfortune that long before the 1980 robbery and murder that altered her life forever, she had been arrested on an unrelated charge. It was her greater misfortune to have been working for a fur dealer at the time that the crime occurred. But as things played out, it was her greatest misfortune of all to simply have been named Joyce Ann Brown. Miss Brown who died on June 13th, 2015 at age 68, was a former Dallas receptionist in a racially charged case that became a national headline and spent nearly a decade in prison for a crime she did not commit. It's
2: a long time.
1: You can't get it back. You cannot get it back. Mm. Her death from a heart attack in a Dallas hospital was confirmed by James C. McCloskey, the um, the founder of Centurion Ministries an investigative organization based in Princeton, New Jersey, that, helped, that has helped overturn more than 50 wrongful convictions, including Miss Brown's. Mm. So shout out to James C. McCloskey and shout out to Centurion Ministries. I, and also shout out to the Innocence Project. I always sing their praises. I always uh, implore people to go make a donation to them whenever you get a chance. They're doing amazing work. They're freeing people every day for, from crimes that they, didn't, that they did not commit. And any organization that's out there fighting for the rights of people, I'm a big fan of. So shout out to the, uh, the, them and shout out to Innocence Project. Um she was convicted by an all-white jury um, and received a life sentence for her alleged role in a robbery of a Dallas fur shop, a competitor of the one she worked at, in which a man was killed. She served nine years, five months, and 24 days before her conviction was set aside. Her case involved a host of criminal justice issues such as race, class, mistaken identity, prosecu- prosecutorial misconduct, the unreliability of witness memory and the seduction of circumstantial evidence, which has put a lot of people away. Everything she got,
2: everything against her. Yeah, it
1: just was a it was a smorgasbord, man. It was just a, it was the perfect storm of, of of misjustice, uh, or injustice. That make for me,
2: I was like, what the? I mean- it's one of those
1: kind of things where when you see how when the deck will get stacked to such a point, yeah, where it's like. I know I'm I know I i know i did not do this, but this
2: shit looks so crazy. Yeah. Wait till I get into it. it, it but I mean, like how like how does it when each thing comes up, it's like, how what? How does it how, why does it keep going? Why is it more and more going against me and I didn't even I didn't do anything? Well, because once they got their sights set on you, that's, the
1: prosecutor's job, the his only go his or her only goal is to close the case to keep that conviction rate high. That's why the prosecution, the state, they do not want to lose. So once they find somebody that 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 the story can stick, it's like the it's like the Central Park 5. That's why. Here's who we got. We don't have another uh, suspect, so we got to make it fit. And this same thing happened to um this, this to Joyce Ann Brown. Um so it was examined on a on an episode of 60 minutes in 1989 and inspired Miss Brown's memoir, Joyce Ann Brown, Justice Denied, which was written in 1990 with the help of of Jay Gaines. It also inspired the repentance of at least one juror, which I'll get to in a little bit. One juror really, this story really stuck with him because he realized that he had made a mistake after the after the trial. Uh, part of the significance of Joyce Ann Brown's case was that she was one of the first dramatic exonerations, not only in Texas, but in the country, hmm. according to Jack V. Strickland, one of her defense lawyers. At around one o'clock on the afternoon of May 6th, 1980, Two women walked into Fine Furs by Reuben, a shop owned by Reuben and Ala Danziger, Holocaust survivors who had settled in Dallas. One of the women who wore pink pants ordered the Danzigers at gunpoint to load furs into plastic trash bags. Before leaving, she shot Mr. Danziger, who later died. Mm. A Holocaust survivor, bro. Imagine you survived the horrors of Auschwitz or wherever he was stationed. And you finally get out of Berlin or wherever and you yeah, get dude, to man. Dallas you get to America and you're living the American dream you open up a business and you're doing great and you get shot in a fur coat robbery that's insane yeah uh so yeah uh, Mr. Danziger was shot he later died she and her accomplice who was clad in navy blue in a navy blue jogging suit fled with the furs and a brown dotson Dallas police officers found the car abandoned the next day. They learned that it had been rented by a woman named Joyce Ann Brown. The Joyce Ann Brown, around whom the ensuing chain of mis- uh, misapprehension tightened, was born Joyce Ann Spencer on February 12th, 1947. Shout out to this lady for that fucking a literary line. That was Jesus. Uh, <laughs> so she uh, she was born Joyce Ann Spencer in February 12th, 1947 in Willis Point, in northeast Texas, and raised in Dallas, her mother Ruby was a homemaker. Her father Sylvester was a domestic worker. Joyce Spencer married a musician named James, named James Brown. Mm. Not that James. Oh, Brown. Okay. <laughs> not that James Brown. But was widowed barely two years later when he was shot and killed in a nightclub brawl. With only a high school education and needing to help support an extended family that included a daughter. Two stepsons and fourteen brothers and sisters. Miss Brown went to work part time as a call girl. What is that? A sex worker? Oh, that's yeah. what they—that's what they used to called. That was, you know, when that was like uh, the fifties, or or like the like this was like the that was like the seventies when it had a name. You know, it wasn't just like a hoe or whatever. <laughs> that was like that was the that was the eighties and the nineties. Oh, okay, where it turned into that. But a call girl. And be like, hey, come up and see me sometime. And they got like a boa on. It was right. more of a, more of a uh, taboo, um, raunchy profession as opposed to the 80s bringing in um, prostitution and sex work for the purpose of supporting a drug habit. Mm. That's when it became yeah. less glamorous, and people all the jokes started. Call coming. girls sound better. Call girls sound better, but also it's not a person who is a, a crack addict yeah. trying to sell their body. So it's more of a woman like this is a profession not show sugar that's yeah. the image it that is, th- that's what she did this is uh, what this is what Miss Brown did okay bef- you know and then it I turned like the into name too. yeah the call, yeah Miss Brown yeah yeah Miss Brown yeah <laughs> yeah she had like a little you know the cigarette with the you put the cigarette in the long black thing what the hell is and, that I don't, something hey, it makes you look it's just for sexy purposes it's mm-hmm. just to make you look sexy a eight foot cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> uh... <laughs> So uh yeah, so she she had to do what she had to do. She had to support what? 14 presidents and sisters, two stepsons, and seventeen people. So she had to go do what she had to do. She was arrested at, at least once on prostitution charges. As a result, her name and photograph were on file with the Dallas Police Department. Yeah. A record that would years later set in motion her arrest in the Danziger case. So this is all the the little small nothing things that all led to this one day. The perfect storm of things happening. Uh. Uh, at the time of the robbery, Miss Brown, who had long since found conventional employment, was working as a receptionist at coslo's Fur in Dallas, about three miles from the Danziger shop. So they sell a lot of fur in Dallas, mm-hmm. and it's hot as shit in Dallas. So I don't, you know, that just is. This is vanity fur. This is just to be like, look, I'm rich. This is that kind of fur. This isn't oh. fur. This isn't functional fur. Okay. This is just to say, look, oh, my husband bought me a rabbit fur coat. Because we rich? Yeah, exactly. This is all. This but it's is not just, keeping you warm, though. It's probably keeping you too warm oh, in God. fucking hot ass Dallas oh, in Texas. Okay. In the Texas heat. And you want to wear a fur coat to a is boxing match? Is it a coat match? or is it just
2: like, like one? You
1: know, probably do like a little. Yeah. They, it's probably all kind of furs. Yeah, okay. But they probably sell coats. The little, you know, uh, I don't even know what those are the women wear. Is you, like you just a box? Kind of Throw it on your shoulder. Oh.
2: Yeah, it'll be a fox. Oh, okay. It could
1: be a fox or a rabbit. You just kind of—it's just on my shoulders now. Yeah. I don't know why people do that. I don't, get it. I don't think they do it as much unless they're going for a, a vintage look.
2: Okay, but just we're smack dabbing use, when this
1: was just wasn't ironic. Don't it was use like the sleeves. Oh, like the long sleeve gloves.
2: They don't, they, don't, they don't use the uh, the sleeves on the jacket. They just oh yeah, it's just on your shoulders. Just, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Some, you got some pearls on and got, with it, the white gloves. Yes, <laughs> you got yes, yes. This is the kind of furs that they're selling in Dallas. Um. <clears throat> okay, so like I said, she was working as a receptionist at at Coslo's Fur, and one day she just was at work and opened up the newspaper and saw that <laughs> she saw astonished that she was wanted in questioning for a capital murder. I don't know. I, I can't even imagine how I would react if I no, woke like up and in. and also keep in mind they the car that they found was registered to Joyce Ann Brown, so it said her full name. Uh, in the newspaper imagine opening the newspaper and your full name is in such a, this person is wanted in questioning full name for murder capital murder what the you, fuck? you know and you're just working as a receptionist <laughs> at a fur business man come on so uh she set out to see the police to clear things up don't go down there her mother her mother later recalled warning her you may not come back miss mm. brown was unconcerned i mean after all uh she had a uh she had an unshakable alibi. On the day of the robbery, her office time clock in showed her punching in at 8 48 A.M. and clocking out at 4 12 P. M. Now keep in mind the robbery took place around one. So she was at a shift from eight eight forty eight A.M. is when she clocked in and four twelve PM mm-hmm. is where she when she clocked out. The robbery took place around one o'clock, three miles away. Mm-hmm. But her mother's words 12, 12, 12 a.m.? No, what? Wait, no, okay. 1 p.m. 1 p.m. is when the murder happened. 1 p.m. is when the robbery and murder happened about
2: three miles away. And she got off at? She got off at 4, 12 p.m. P.m. Whoa. That's just like, uh, that what was that documentary? We Long did? Shot? Yeah. Yeah, man. The times was just, it was just like was perfect. Just close, it's, but,
1: but not even really perfect. Just close enough for a prosecutor to be able to well, make, it, I mean. make yeah. it fit. Mm-hmm. But if you really look into it, it's like, so you, you're saying... They got out, didn't get caught in any traffic, got there, immediately there was no argument, or anything, boom, killed him. Got back in the car, drove right back, didn't hit any traffic, and then got back. Right. It would be the most, like, why would they do it that way? Yeah, but, but
2: you can make it make sense. But the prosecutor can tell you that, and you can go,
1: Yeah, yeah well, it's it does possible. work. Yes, yeah.
2: <laughs> yep, well, that's what happened. That's
1: wild. Man. <laughs> that's what happened. Uh, um, so, anyway, but her mother's words, which she said, don't go down there, they proved to be prophetic. Mm At the police station, the first link in the chain of circumstantial evidence against Miss Brown was her name. The fact that there were probably hundreds of women in the United States named Joyce Ann Brown did not appear to matter. Since it was she, after all, who was on the books of the Dallas police Mm. because of that sex work charge that she had got a few years back. So there's already a a Joyce Ann Brown in the system and it's her. Mm. Uh, Her job in a fur shop quickly became the second link. To the police, it suggested that she had an insider knowledge of the business and knew which furs were the most valuable. So to use that against her? Wow. They're like, you're in the fur business. Wow. You clearly, you know, you went there and you, you can't rob from your own store. So you went to another fur store because you know which ones you can get the most money for on the streets. Boom. That's also that boom. Prosecution. That's another. Oh, we'll be able to tell it to a jury. They'll eat that right up. The third link proved to be her face. Presented with a photo array, Mrs. Danziger identified Miss Brown as the robber in blue, and she was placed under arrest. Mm. So, a let's see, the Holocaust was in the, in the 1940s. To be generous and say that these two people were 20 years old, you're talking about mm, at least a 60-year-old woman under duress of a robbery mm-hmm. being shown a photograph and saying, "Is this the person that robbed you?" That was the third link of circumstantial evidence. Somebody's the word of a woman who saw her husband get murdered. All that trauma, mm-hmm. and then they go, "Here's a picture of a black woman. Is this the woman that robbed, that was there?" So that was that was the that and that wouldn't hold up. That shouldn't hold up in any case. Just those uh, there's I've seen so many studies about uh, eyewitnesses mm-hmm. being not credible at all. You know they mis- they misremember things. They're suge- they're easily like suggestible for you know a detective to be able to ske- skew them away that they want them to go. Eyewitness testimony is not reliable at all. the The statistics on it are terrible, but it puts a lot of people in jail because it's something it's about need, that. Though. It's something about that. It was them yeah. that it- it- it's like irrefutable to a jury, but the statistics on it are terrible. It- well. It's very it's not reliable at all so that was another that was the third link and then uh soon afterward however the dallas police learned that joyce ann brown who had rented the dots who had rented the datsun lived in denver the denver joyce ann brown told them that she had lent the car to a friend named renee taylor miss taylor had a history of robbing fur shops at her apartment in dallas the police found a 22 caliber revolver furs from the danziger shop and a pair of pink pants one of the robbers was wearing pink and the other one was wearing blue. Miss Taylor was at large, but the getaway car bore her fingerprints. No incriminating evidence was found in the home of Joyce Ann Brown of Dallas because she didn't do anything. Uh, Texas officials prosecuted Miss Brown anyway. Their reason, their, their reason was never made clear, but they may have well been rooted in their feelings about her social class, her former profession, and the color of her skin. Oh, well, you don't say, really? Oh, mm. yeah, shocking. Uh, the criminal cases sometimes acquire a momentum of their own, and sometimes there's an attitude of "Don't confuse me with the facts. I've got my mind made up." Mr. Strickland, the lawyer, said. So basically, he was saying, sometimes it's the same thing with the O.J. case. Sometimes people already know how they're voting, so they don't want to hear your the defense because all it's going to do is cloud their judgment. We are you're already guilty as far as we're concerned. Mm-hmm. When when OJ was when 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 Johnny Cochran was able to get that case moved and was able to to um to pack the jury the way he wanted to with enough black and brown people yeah. and, and and did the the rhyme the glove don't fit and introduced race into the king. I mean, race race into the case and Mark Freeman was racist. All those people already were knew they were going to vote not guilty. Mm-hmm. So it didn't matter that O.J. was the only possible fucking person, you know, and he was there and, uh, you know, he, you know, was in Chicago. But the time and all this people, the O.J. case has been beaten to death. O.J. did it. Yeah. But it didn't matter because all those people already knew they were voting not guilty because of all the other stuff that they had seen. And in this case. the, The the prosecution had made such a good case and it was a Jewish man and you know it was this poor white this poor black lady who was a sex worker and she worked at the fur they 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 told the story perfectly so they already knew that they were voting guilty so it didn't matter that there was another woman named mm-hmm. d- named uh uh named um <coughs> goddamn named Joyce Ann Brown and uh this other woman was they they found the furs in her apartment and Joyce Ann Brown from Dallas didn't have any it didn't matter she did it so let's just get to the you convinced us already sir so defense we're not trying to hear what you're saying. All you're going to do is just confuse us and make us second guess what we already know we're doing. Yeah. So Mr. Strickland also said, you always want to hope that it's either in the bad old days or that it's a Hollywood plot line, but sometimes it's not. And that's him referring to the, the criminal justice system fucking black and brown people. Mm-hmm. He's saying, do you like to think that that's in the past and that's over with, or that's just like, that's for movies but he witnessed it happen to this woman. The 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 prosecution of Dallas wanted her and they ma- they got her. They made it fit when it didn't fit. So the prosecutor's theory of the crime was that Miss Brown, whom co-workers described as having worn a black blouse and white shirt that and white skirt that day, not a all blue fucking jumpsuit, had slipped out of her office, changed into the blue jogging suit, driven 3 miles to the Danziger shop Committed the robbery, changed back into her office clothes, made the three the three mile return trip, and gone back to work, all in her thirty six minute lunch break. Mm. So they were saying, "Oh, she's Ocean's Eleven, or you know, gone in sixty seconds, or any kind of she's a criminal mastermind that just happened to get caught." First of all, that's a a terrible plan. (laughs) You're at work; you know, it's not a day off. You're at work. Oh, it's my lunch break. Let me change it to my robbery clothes, which is a bright blue jumpsuit it, all in half an hour all in 36 minutes not a half hour man oh, okay. 36 minutes that 6 minutes is where that's. if it was 30 minutes she probably would have got off but that 6 minutes that's when the window was wide enough that she could have committed this whole thing no it's all stupid and these people are terrible Um, because they had a weak case they bolstered their case with dishonesty Mr. Strickland said he, uh, the, the, the dishonesty was that the prosecutor put on, a, put on a witness who was a lady whom his office had previously prosecuted for giving false testimony, and he withheld the fact from the defense. So the person that, that they used was, I'll get to it. Uh, the witness was Martha Jean Bruce, a cellmate. Now, I want you to keep in mind how many times we've heard this in cases, black, white, whatever. The prosecution always manages to find this person. So, so listen to this. Uh, a cellmate while mrs brown awaited trial who testified that miss brown had admitted the crime to her what the prosecutor norman uh, kenny did not mention was that less than a year before in an unrelated case miss bruce had pleaded guilty to making a false statement to the police at the time of mrs brown of miss brown's trial miss bruce was in prison for attempted murder Though she said on cross examination that she had received no inducement to testify, her sentence commuted. Her sentence was commuted shortly afterward.
2: So, so
1: she was she, in prison for she was in prison for attempted murder. Attempted murder, and was her cellmate, and was her cellmate, and said, "Yeah, man, Ms. Brown, she told me everything." But
2: she was already on the record for lying about doing it. She before. was already
1: on the record for she had made false statements, right? And she, and yeah, twice but they didn't mention that part they just said this was Miss Brown's cellmate and Miss Brown when they got into the same cell admitted the whole thing to her but
2: is it really her cellmate was it really her cellmate though
1: I'm sure that part's true but that's I mean I've seen we've seen so many cases where the person just can go yeah we were in the cell together and they told me the whole thing and then it's they like, end what? up get, they end up getting their 10 year sentence gets commuted to four years
2: it's like we wasn't even in the same prison how does who and also, who
1: just comes into a cell unless you're genuinely a crazy person yeah, that's and just great. like hey man I know I don't know you, but guess what I did? When you're fighting for the trial? That's wild. So it was a lie. That's crazy. Um, She did a good job. She knew what she was doing. Dan Peeler, a juror in the trial, said in a phone interview, The legal system requires that you follow only the information that's given to you in the testimony. And of course, we had no idea that she was a convicted perjurer. So because that fact was omitted, he's saying we had to just take her at her word when she said she saw uh, that Miss Brown admitted that she did this to me Mm -hmm. or, or admitted that she did this crime to me. So they just, they didn't know she was a perjurer and you just gotta, if that's what uh, is allowed to be said in court, the jury has to just kind of take that in into consideration. After deliberating for just a few hours, as Mr. Peeler recalled, the jury found Miss Brown guilty of aggravated robbery. Had he known about Mrs. about Miss Bruce's history he said afterward he would have voted to acquit. It's real easy to say in hindsight, but I'm he's we'll get to him. He's not a he's not a bad guy. Miss Brown was incarcerated at Mount View, a women's prison in Gatesville, Texas. She said I have she said I had been represented by a white attorney, convicted by a white jury, sentenced by a white judge, and I arrived at prison on a white bus. She wrote in the night in and she wrote in 1990 in a first person article in D Magazine
2: meaning she had no chance
1: yeah also the the symbolism of yeah. it yeah
2: mm-hmm.
1: now the clothing issued to me was white it seemed that all the color was being removed from my life mm. it's a profound statement in prison she endured indignities like, like frisking and strip searching along with soul numbing boredom that she escaped by sleeping 14 hours a day you know how bored you gotta be it's only 24 hours in a day. You sleep for 14 hours? <sighs> I don't He's go. still bored. Yeah, and you, for <laughs> the that next 10, 10 hours. You just wait until it's time to go back to sleep again. Hmm. During hmm. her time there, her 16-year-old stepson, Lee Dennis, committed suicide. Hmm. And she said that that's something she's just had to live with. You know, she's passed away, but in her time of being free, she said that she believes that if she wasn't incarcerated, he wouldn't have done that. And nothing can really convince her of that. I I, I feel bad that she held on to that, mm-hmm. you know, because you can't you can't you can't you can't hold on to that. But she feels like if she wasn't in jail, he wouldn't have done that, and she's just got to live with that, or she did live with it for the rest of her life. So all that kind of stuff when they talk about the Central Park Five got money and all this, some stuff that money it it can't fix. Yeah, you know burying a loved one or a a loved one being buried and you not getting to be there mm-hmm. and or feeling like maybe it's your fault that they died or they went out in the streets or followed your path and yeah. ended up getting killed some of that stuff that money shit man you took 10 years of my life man there's no check you can write to fix that i hope that people understand that cuz there's a lot of people who say well shit the i mean shit i mean that shit was crazy but they got 41 million shit i mean it worked out what those people are traumatized, no. man. There's nothing, money, uh, yeah, not they can pay, train, you know, nah. they, they can keep a roof over their head or whatever, but if somebody went, hey, man, you want to go to federal prison for 10 years, but at the end, at 41 16 divided 16 by old, 5. Yeah, 16 years old, you miss this big chunk of your life and you get $10 million? Man, no, I'm all right. I'm cool. <laughs> nah. That's what, what, kind of, what kind of game show is that, you know? That would be a terrible game show. <laughs> I don't want no parts of that. You can go to jail right now for 10 years but when you get out you got 12 million dollars and whatever 12 million dollars is after tax is waiting for you nah nah I mean, I'm cool I'm alright I'll take the consolation prize you know a washer and dryer set or whatever <laughs> I'm cool I'm alright I don't want to play this game I'm going home I'm going home I'm calling the police on you this game show this game show needs to be cancelled immediately this is not right
2: some people will take it though
1: some people it's take it's crazy that right happen.
2: some people would
1: I'm cool god I couldn't imagine just being in prison for 10 years um A further indignity was that the year after her conviction, Miss Brown was joined in prison by Miss Taylor, the woman in pink who committed the murder. What? Apprehended in 1981, Miss Taylor pleaded guilty to the robbery of the murder, the robbery and the murder of Mr. Danziger. She never publicly named her accomplice, but she signed an affidavit saying that neither the Dallas nor the Denver Joyce Ann Brown was involved in the crime. Mm. Yet Miss Brown remained in prison. She earned her associate degree there, and over time, she she later wrote, her business gave way to, oh, I'm sorry, and over time, her bitterness gave way to determination to see her conviction righted. So, the woman who murdered this man got sent to the same prison as her sign an affidavit saying there was no Joyce Ann Brown involved in this at all other than the woman from Denver who lent me the, the car but the woman from Dallas named Joyce Ann Brown didn't have anything to do with this and they did not go back and try to retry her or just commute her sentence or drop her charges they kept her in prison she had to fight to get out of prison even though there was paperwork on file saying she was not involved in the crime
2: That's crazy.
1: by 1988 when Mr. McCloskey Took up her case. At least two jurors, including Mr. Peeler, the guy that was, you know, saying if they would have had all the facts, he would have, you know, voted to acquit, mm-hmm. uh, were having second thoughts. A few days after the trial, Mr. Peeler timed himself as he drove the route Mrs. Brown was allegedly was alleged to have taken from one first shop to another in uh, noonday traffic. He said, "I wanted to be sure we did the right thing." After making the drive. I was sure we did the wrong thing. He began speaking on Miss Brown's behalf in interviews. Speaking to Miss Taylor in prison, Mr. McCloskey learned the name of her alleged accomplice. He traveled to Colorado, where the woman was serving a sentence for another armed robbery, and noticed immediately he said that she strongly resembled Miss Brown. Miss Bruce's guilty plea for lying to the police also came to light. On the strength of all of this, and buoyed by a 60 Minutes broadcast and an investigative series on the case in the Dallas Morning News, Ms. Brown's lawyer petitioned the Texas Court of Criminal Appeals to set her conviction aside. In November 1989, the court granted Miss Brown her freedom, and the district attorney later chose not to retry her. Which, why was that even a thought? <laughs> on the last day of 1993, her record was expunged. After settling in Dallas, Ms. Brown worked as an aide to a county commissioner. She also founded Mass, Mothers and Fathers for the Advancement of Social Systems, which aids both wrongfully convicted prisoners and released, conv- and released convicts seeking to re enter society. So she paid it forward. She went through this terrible experience. And I would assume for the most, like Corey Wise is also heavily involved in the, All of the Central Park Five are very much involved in trying to make sure this doesn't happen to somebody else. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of, you know, I'm sure that's what it sparks in you. You want to commit your life to making sure this doesn't happen to anybody else. Because you know from firsthand experience how terrible it is. Uh, she worked with the organization until the end of her life. Mr. Kenny, the district attorney, died in 2004. Ms. Taylor is serving a life sentence in Texas for the Danziger robbery and murder. Her alleged accomplice has never been charged in that crime. Mr. Peeler, the juror who at the time of the trial worked as an animator, later went to divinity school. Partly in response, he said, to his feelings about the case. He now works, as a part-time, works part-time as a minister for a Dallas congregation that focuses on social justice issues. And that was the story of Joyce Ann Brown, uh, a terrible case of mistaken identity that ended up stealing 10 years of her life. So pfft, telling you, man, sometimes that shit just, there's two Joyce Ann Browns, you work at a first shop, the first shop got robbed it, and boom, you're implicated in a murder. And now her mother's saying, don't go down there. No, no, it's, it's cool. I'm, I didn't do anything wrong. I'll make sure they get my name out of the paper never came home and what was this in the 70s this was in she was free in 1989 so maybe 1979 like on the tail end of 1979
2: 1980 boom She listen to moms always
1: shit but uh yeah so no questions right no okay all right well what we're gonna do is you know we're gonna take a quick break when we come back fran's turn to tell you some fucked up shit so stick around
2: all right and we are back fran please take it away all right, so my friend of murder this week is Mary Dean Arrington. Now, her picture. I'm going to show you her picture. Okay. And I want you to tell me who does she look like for you just looking look off the, off off the, the river. All right, ready? Okay. Oh.
1: Uh-huh. Uh,
2: Fantasia Barino. I don't even know what that is, but no. Fantasia? Oh, the singer? Yes, yeah, she won the American that's Idol. That's her last name? Yeah, Fantasia. But no, that's not. Or Patti LaBelle. She looks like just hilarious. yes
1: yes yes yes. she does look like Jess Hilarious uh, who got into some hot water recently I don't know if everybody knows who Jess Hilarious is but she's like a Baltimore comedian who blew up and uh, is on like a show on NBC or something like that yeah she did (laughs) yeah
2: yeah no she does she does look like Jess Hilarious yes so Mary Dean Arrington in 1969 she became the second woman to be placed on uh, the list of FBI ten most ten most wanted fugitives. Mm. Scammer. So original. I mean, oh, I'm sorry. So Arrington's first conviction occurred in 1964 for the killing of her husband, Lester Jack Arrington. Mm. Jack, who was 34, was a former policeman and a bouncer at the nightclub in Miami. Oh, he probably used to get it in. Yep. Jack was killed on July 4th, 1964, in Bethune in Bethune on Bethune Beach. Arrington turn, turned herself in the following day Confessing to shooting her husband During the trial Arrington claimed that The shooting was an accident mm-hmm. While her lawyer claimed Self defense
1: Okay Yeah as Jack I jag like that could be the same thing
2: Yeah Yep Wait so no
1: I guess not Self defense means it was intentional it was a,
2: And an accident means it was an accident And I mean by her turning herself in, plays in That plays on her part too also mm-hmm. So as Jack had, be- had become violent with her while the two were arguing in, in their car, this resulted in her shooting him. Um, Nathaniel Powers, a witness at the scene, told police that he broke the couple up after he saw Jack choking her mm. in, f- in the front seat of the car. As the police were unable to locate the weapon, Arrington was found guilty of manslaughter instead of more severe charges and sentenced to 20 years in prison. That's a long damn time, man a long, long time. I mean, five years I'd be like, what the fuck am I supposed to Yeah do? I mean Eight months A lot of shit can change Listen, being in there
1: I don't want to spend any time in prison No Six months, I'm crying <laughs> I'm crying <laughs> in yeah. court yep. There's no eat the charge And I'm just nah. my head up Hey, I'll be back I'll be home soon Six months Thirty days, I might even What? Why? Why? Don't do this to me <laughs> That's what Twenty years? Yeah
2: so Arrington Would later admit In a 2012 interview That she had buried The gun with her husband Mm. Yep. Wait they They didn't dig his body up? I mean this is 2002 2012 Oh This is when it happened No this It happened like when, in the 40s right Yeah Oh um, This was a, she, Shit Or happened like in the 60s in 60, yeah, yeah in the yeah. 60s So Yeah so she didn't admit Till 20, 20, 2012 Oh wow Yep So Arrington had two children A son and daughter in 1967, her son, Lloyd Dean, robbed a gas station with a friend in, in Les, Les Leesburg, Florida. No one was hurt, and $60 was stolen, stolen.
1: Wow. I mean, best case scenario, that's like $200 back
2: then. Okay. But I keep I keep thinking that's back then because now I'm like, well, I mean, well. Yeah, $60 you... is nothing. <laughs> that's not worth
1: the trouble at all. No.
2: So her son was represented by a public attorney, Bob Pierce. Who, was advised, who advised him to plead guilty.
1: Of course. Get it over <laughs> hey with. Let's work for, Yeah. They don't care. tell you that part when it's like, no, man, look, just plead guilty. You get this much time. I just don't want to fight this case is what all that means. Yeah. I don't want to fight this, man. Yeah. Just go ahead and plead guilty.
2: So Dean was sentenced to life in prison. Mm. Life in prison. You fight that. I'm making my lawyer work. Life in prison for $60? I'm Wait,
1: oh, and nobody got hurt, right?
2: No. no I'm like, what? No. what wow why is like why is I mean I can't even believe that's the charge
1: just just take the just don't fight it nah nah that ain't happening nobody was hurt and $60 was stolen and life yep (sighs) I guess for armed robbery can't have a gun I guess I don't know that's crazy wow
2: I'm not no mm hmm so yeah, uh, maybe he didn't know that.
1: Maybe you know he. I would
2: him. think. Well, I would think that you would. I guess you don't know probably the charges. Already sold
1: it. Like it's you know it's armed robbery. You probably get just accept the charges. You probably get you know six months. No.
2: Life. What? I'm coming after you. I will call some shots. I'm coming after you for that. Sorry.
1: You won't be able to sleep. You <laughs> better, you better no. pray I have to spend yeah. the rest of my life in jail.
2: That ain't gonna. It ain't. That ain't going down that easy. Fuck that. So, yeah. So Dean was sentenced to life in prison in 1968 at the age of 18 years old. Life stolen. Yep. While his friend ov- only received probation, Wow. he fought it. His friend, his friend probably probation. Took... <sighs> he had life in prison. His friend got <laughs> probation. They, were together.
1: they committed the crime together. Yes.
2: Wow. Life. Right. Yep. So his friend only got only received probation. Pierce Pierce had also represented Arrington's daughter on unrelated fraud charges, which resulted in the daughter receiving jail time as well. This enraged Arrington. Yeah, I'm sure. Who felt that Pierce did not fairly represent Dean. Yeah. On April 22nd, 1968, while out on a appeal bond for her manslaughter conviction. Of her husband. Yep. Arrington went to the Pierce office in Leesburg with the intention of killing him. Oh, wow. Once, once there, she discovered that Pierce was not at his office. Arrington then abducted his secretary. Oh, she's June Ritter. Yep. June Ritter, which raised tension, tensions between within the town searches were conducted for ritter and this the psychic was in, consulted to help find secretary <laughs> they, they
1: always call the psychic. <laughs> that's what in that uh in the dark podcast mm-hmm. um there's this really sad part because um there was a kid missing in that in that or there was a yeah there was a kid there's a kid missing in that and the psychics come out of the woodworks whenever a, a story hits the news mm-hmm. about a missing kid they'll call the one hundred number they're in a barn they're uh try to get that money huh get the name out there or whatever or it'll just be a crazy person it'll just be a person who's just just up at 3 in the morning saw the commercial uh I had a dream that I saw the kid and mm. they're uh they're dead so stop looking them psychics man they come out of the woodworks when it's the crime hit the TV wow uh, they,
2: they consulted the psychic though yep that's a shitty town <laughs> uh, okay so yeah Um. So her car was discovered two days After her disappearance Bloods, her, After her disappearance And blood stain The body of Ritter who had three children Was found three days later in the woods Near State Road 44 mm. Several miles away from Leesburg She had been shot and run over with her own car Repeatedly mm. I mean she was said And was, that wasn't even meant for her she no, she was just the secretary. She was your secretary, but that's—I mean—that's just super. That's just unfortunate. That's overkill, man. Just because you know your boss essentially fucked over some people, but
1: it's one of those kind of things where maybe he just did his job bad. You know, I don't know. if He fucked. Yeah, no. but she wasn't. So,
2: she wasn't having that. Yeah,
1: she wasn't trying to hear that. She took it super personal. Maybe he was just bad at his job. That doesn't mean I you kill. I don't not, know
2: about that one. If it was the daughter first, yeah, and then the son, now it's like you, you, no, you fucked up. Yeah, you just and one of my kids has got got life
1: in prison. Wow,
2: I mean, she wasn't, he wasn't there, so but to that kind of
1: wrath for it it to be, oh, I can't get to him, so you get yeah, it was, it
2: was like I'm not leaving this office till I you know feel better for yeah, I got energy, I gotta do something. Yep, exactly. So prior to her captured Arrington. Um, broke into the home of Judge Troy Hall, who had given her son his life sentence. So she,
1: oh, she was going, going after
2: her. this is like law-abiding citizen. <laughs> Did you see, law-abiding <laughs> no, citizen. Seen that. Man, this sounds like that with uh, Gerard Butler so and Jamie Foxx going after
1: everybody that that was anybody that was involved. I'm I'm tearing the whole system down. That's crazy. Gerard Butler went too far though. He was like, I'm killing the mayor. It was like anybody that's involved in the criminal justice system, mm. I'm killing everybody. He went too far up the ladder, but she might, she's going too far. Man. Yeah.
2: Yep. Uh, so when she was captured, investigators discovered several notes in her room and in her clothing, the notes threatened to kill the wife of judge hall mm. and dismember Ritter. Um, if law officers did not back off and release her children from jail.
1: Well, uh, he, this is just an unhinged woman. Cause she should know that's not happening. No, you're going to hold no. it. You're going to say they're not letting those kids out of jail. Especially not if you demand it, yeah, or a threat of violence. So, kids, man, I get it.
2: And it's both of them, yeah. So she like, I'm not going down like that. What it's, is it's this, not John Q? I Guess so. I know you saw John Q. Oh, what? I love Denzel. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> man, my bad, man. My bad. So during the uh, during the trial, multiple witnesses testified against Arrington, linking her to the crime. A taxi driver reported. Dropping off Arrington a half a block away from Pierce's office on the morning of April twenty second, Arrington's landlady stated that she had lent her a twenty two caliber, which was never returned to her and was later found to be the gun used to kill Ritter. Mm. On December 6, sixty eight, Arrington was sentenced to death by electric chair for first degree murder. So on March, March first, nineteen sixty nine, Arrington escaped from 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 Florida Correctional Institution oh, in her pajamas by cutting a window screen and jumping out.
1: Uh, that's it? That's all it was? A screen?
2: <laughs> that's <laughs> the what I said. Yeah. A- <laughs> damn. Uh, so yeah, in May of 1969, she was placed on the FBI's 10 Most Wanted list, making her the second woman to ever be placed on that list. Arrington wasn't captured until two years later in March oh, she was
1: 1972. Yeah. I wouldn't have been able to get sleep if I was involved in that case. No. It's like Hannibal Lecter being free.
2: And I will not be able to get sleep if I ever escaped from prison. I feel like oh, you always, always... Yeah, you're always on, looking over your <sighs> shoulder. Ah, That's just... That's too much for me. So she fled to New Orleans and worked as a waitress. Arrington later described the feeling of being wanted as... As sounding like the old Wild Wild West and the Jesse James gang. Yeah. Bandito. And the... And noted that reading newspapers about her being wanted, dead or alive, and the reward was entertaining. Oh, she was yeah. just on the, on, yeah. the, she was on some on some yeah. Thelma and Louise shit, just yep. living off the high. For her escape, Arrington was given an additional ten years on top of death sentence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> her death sentence was commuted to life in prison oh. during August 1972. When the US Supreme Court declared capital punishment as unconstitutional. So, Mary Dean Arrington died from heart problems at the age of 80 on May 10th, 2014.
1: Mm, lived, lived, a, lived a full life? Yeah. Damn, made it to 80. That's a
2: long goddamn time. You just in jail 80 year old woman.
1: I feel like when you get to a certain point, you start to, you know, get a little bit more slack, but they might not have gave her any. Can't trust her fuck around I'm like, you know what Miss her- Miss Arrington you can go and break the leaves and we'll leave you unattended she's 80 come out there she's gone stole somebody's car <laughs> going away to go to New Orleans She's running get, full get speed 80 years old yeah drop she's... the cane it's like all act start running full speed that's wild man yeah.
2: so that was Mary Dean Arrington I mean it wasn't even the main st- I mean the part that shout out to me was the her kids she was trying yeah. to protect her kids from like they not supposed to be. You ain't supposed to be in life in prison for, uh, for a for gas station for robbery. robbery ga- yeah, that that nobody got
1: hurt in. And that's $6. that's beyond <laughs> that's beyond excessive. And then the other kid got probation. Yeah. So he yep. really fucked up. Yep. Now, did he fuck up enough for your energy to transfer to the secretary? Absolutely not. That was insane. I don't know if she should have killed the lawyer.
2: No. But but that second after the second kid got you know in prison is like. She yeah, just. You I feel she like just snapped
1: at that point. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. That that's that's insane. Wow. And her name is what again? Mary Dean Arrington. Mary Dean Arrington. Yep. Wow. A real. She's a real old school uh, outlaw. Yeah, is the best way to put her. Record. And then she
2: did it. I she did it while she was all on bond.
1: Yeah. Savage. I'm not afraid. To, she's not afraid to go back to jail. Sure, everybody get life. She don't care. <laughs> the ten years on top of the life is hilarious <laughs> to me. Or on top of death. She's the death penalty at the time. Well, wow, that's pretty wild. Um, alright, well that's pretty crazy. Uh friend, do you have any uh suggestion, Corner? You got anything that you want to suggest to the listeners before we get out of here?
2: Um, no. Just be safe.
1: Be safe. That's about it for me. Um, I'd suggest the same thing. I also suggest anybody who's a fan of the Beatles. I recently saw yesterday. Um, thought it was a great rom com, fun movie, fun date movie, good times. Um, as far as New podcast, still listening to the pat down by Miss Pat. I'm I'm on a real Miss Pat kick these days, guys. So mm. big fan of Miss. Wait, pat. you listen to the
2: podcast and the-
1: well, listen, okay. listen. Well, the podcast had- you know, podcast is once a week, and okay. then the book is just the 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 uh, the memoirs of her life before she got into stand up comedy, which mm. was insane. You know, crack, yeah. and She got four kids from her cousin, like whoa, just dropped off. Not had oh, them, but like oh, okay. the, uh, the, 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 the children's services was going to take the kids. So she took she the kids to and she thought it was going to be for like a week. She's had them for like 10 years now. Wow. The mom dipped off. got a fi- check, Blocked her on Facebook and she can't find the mom and the kids.
2: That's her sister? Her cousin? Her cousin.
1: Wow. Miss Pat's life is crazy. So the pat down is hilarious. The book Rabbit is tragic, hilarious real all kind of stuff very good um so i've been kind of um absorbed in that and haven't really had a chance to watch anything else other than season three of stranger things other than that um a perfect season i give stranger things three as a 10 out of 10 it is great highly suggest anybody I'm not finished gonna... it yeah man Dang, did it i just didn't come do out anything like, on fourth of july bit? i don't do nothing on fourth of july go out and get shot fuck that <laughs> um. So yeah, I finished that over the weekend. Had you know a couple days to watch it. Really good, man. Very good. Highly recommend season three of Stranger Things. And uh, that's all I have as far as suggestions goes. As France said, just be safe out there, folks. It's July. Still a lot of summer left. Um, <clears throat> I'm sure some of our listeners are people who just have no concept of. I mean, the, you got to be on the lookout everywhere. But when you yeah. live in a major city, um, with a high crime rate. You just got to just be alert, man. Just don't let your guard down, you know, and just just stay safe, man. And with that being said, I've been Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner and true crime friend, so Evan, and we'll see you guys next week. Deuces.